Hey, it's Tam, Tom, Tam Karadza? No, it's Tom Karadza. It's Tom Karadza. And on this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, uh, we have Pierre, Pierre Paul Turgeon has come back. Now, this is, uh, he's, he's, he's becoming a really good friend of ours. He came back, he brought some more alcohol. So we start uh, having some really cool brandy wine combination thing. Um, anyway, uh, you'll hear a little bit about it on the episode. And the reason I feel so grateful to have Pierre Paul back is when we started, when we quit our jobs and started this whole journey, the idea was that we wanted to live life on our terms and we wanted to help other people live life on their terms if we could. And now we have somebody flying in from Alberta to sit down. He spoke at the Your Life, Your Terms event this past weekend. Um, He sat here, shared his story. And for us to have other people living life on their terms, sharing their journey with us and then through this podcast with you really just is uh, more than we could ever ask for. So we just feel grateful, blessed, and honored that the whole thing is working out like this. And on this episode, you're going to hear Pierre, Paul, and I, and Nick is on here as well. I don't want to forget about Nick. Um, that uh, You're going to hear about a bit about his story. Uh, you know, he's an ex-CMHC underwriter. And on past episodes, we have spoken about Alberta and what he's gone through. But on this episode, we talk about things about, you know, life, books he's read, um, parenting, what we all go through in parenting, um, you know, his personal meditation and yoga practices, the importance of skills in life. So it's just a bit about personal development and uh, our own lives and our own journey. So I think we start out with some real estate stuff, but then we venture into personal development and just have a casual chit chat uh, between three friends. So I really think you're going to enjoy it. Thank you so much for listening. And if you are interested in real estate investing, you're going to have to check out rockstarinnercircle.com at some point. This is something that we started, uh, I guess it's been 12, 13 years ago now. This last Your Life, Your Terms event had uh, 750 people at it on the website at rockstarinnercircle.com. You can find a whole bunch of resources. Um, The most popular thing over the years has always been this book that we wrote way back um, that has kind of stood the test of time. And uh, it's called Income for Life for Canadians. So Income for Life for Canadians. You can get a free digital copy of that book at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash books. So rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash books to get a free digital copy of that book on the website. And with that, Let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, we are live with Pierre-Paul Tourjean, and uh, Pierre-Paul does this great job of every time coming here with gifts for us, and his gifts always seem to be alcohol. So far. (laughs) So far. (laughs) So far, that's true. So tell us what we're drinking here today. We are uh, drinking French Pinot de Charente, so it's a mixture of cognac and wine, so a little on on the sweet side, should be a digestif, so after your meal. But reminds me of my mom. I hadn't had it in a long time. I wanted you guys to try something different that you hadn't tried, and clearly you had not. So well, this is what your mom drank. She at the used holidays, to drink. She used every... to like that. No, no, once in a while, like really after nice meals and stuff like that. But it's, it's really uh, nice. 
It's yeah, unusual. Yeah. I had to yeah. shop around to find this for you guys and the LCBOs in uh, you know Oakville. <laughs> I really appreciate. It. I think it's really nice too. Yeah. I don't know if it's mine's on ice. I kind of ripped you off, Nick. With a li- me and Pierre Paul got a uh, nice amount of ice. I kind of ripped you off on the ice. <laughs> it's okay. I want more alcohol anyway, so I mean, that was a good good deal. So yeah. we started a new tradition of having a drink while we do podcasts. Yeah. So let's just kick off with All a right, nice cheers. little toast here. Cheers. There we go. So Pierre Paul. Uh, I, you, we're going to talk about some personal development stuff, but I don't know how much you can do. Just as we were getting set up, by the way, we're on our backup podcast system. The main system broke. Nick broke it. If, if everyone should know, <laughs> Nick was the last person to use it. He's broken our equipment. We're on our backup equipment here. So I hope the audio is coming out okay. But Piero Paul, while we're getting set up, just talked about something about CMHC and statistics and how they put them together. Can you share a little bit of that or is that top secret stuff? Uh, no, not top secret, but it's, uh, you know, like all stats, you got to take it with a grain of salt. It's just because, um, you know, I, as you know, I used to work for CMEC in the Calgary regional office and I used to be buddies with uh, the surveyors and uh, basically, you know, their trends, you, you, they, they're a good indication of what the trends are, but sometimes the information is not always accurate because they call uh, owners and ask how many vacancies, how much are your rents? And sometimes owners don't tell necessarily the truth. So you got to always take it, you know, with a grain of salt. But it, it is indicative of where, where rents are going, how vacancies are behaving. So all I was saying is, you know, you, you got to take it with a grain of salt, depending also on market conditions, if owners don't have an interest in giving the truth to the surveyors. So that's all I was saying. That's what I remember yeah. from my days at CMHC. So I don't think, Nick, I don't know if I, you knew this, but I don't think I ever really quite realized that. And of course it makes sense. How else would CMHC get the data? Yeah. But I don't think I ever realized that that's what they're mm-hmm. doing, calling up owners. And if the owner maybe isn't in tune with their property manager, I mean, there's a lot of different breaks in or the Or they're actors. not maintaining the property, so their vacancy rates are higher. You just it, said not to talk over each other before we started. <laughs> and then you, you talk, just talk right but you talk me. so much, it's impossible to get a word. <laughs> in, so you got to... You just, you got to do the best you can. Brotherly love uh, play here. Do you see why he wasn't on the last podcast with us? It was just you and I. Wasn't it so enjoyable when it was just you and I'm I? I'm not getting involved. <laughs> but, uh, sorry, Nick, I didn't even hear what you said. I was it so was very insulted. It was very you. smart and it's, it's gone now. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, you know what? It, the phenomenon mostly uh, pertains to larger uh landlords you know the larger ones that have a lot at stake not the mom and pop people owning you know properties so it's just something that i heard through directly the surveyors uh you know just saying yeah no from the inside a little tidbit from the inside usually so the fascinating yeah really important stuff and it's important for us to all know that the data that we're seeing isn't really completely scientific it's it's going to be fairly accurate though it, it can be a trend because if multiple owners would all have to report exactly. their vacancies incorrectly so it's still going to be fairly accurate data yeah but like uh nick said you said what did you say when i made that comment earlier that if you look at so for example i was saying uh, commenting that Hamilton vacancies are increasing for apartment buildings, uh, but you were said you said what you made a yeah, comment because I, I was looking comment. I was looking at the Toronto numbers recently too, and I think the Hamilton numbers were the same. And I don't I didn't have them on my laptop, but the vacancy rates were increasing, and it's minor. Like oh, the, it's, 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 it's a point. It's, uh, it's like point four two. Or five. Okay, so Toronto I think is point two. So it's like yeah. it's a tiny it's a tiny increase, but. Um, but the, the vacancy rates for bachelors and one bedrooms had increased, and but the vacancy vacancy rates for three bedrooms had decreased the most. I I, I don't even know if vacancy rates for two bedrooms, I'm not sure if they de- decreased or not. But they're they're lower. So the bachelor is the highest than one bedroom and two bedroom, three bedroom vacancy rates are actually lower. 
So more people, which which wasn't the case before, but yep. there's more people. And Shack you were saying this. I said exactly. that the trend is going on out west as well. The three bedrooms have the lowest vacancies in uh, Edmonton and Calgary, interestingly enough. So people are shacking up. That's a big trend for everybody to be aware of because it's I remember happened. when we first started looking at multi-units and we don't have yeah. much experiences that you, you have a kind of, I feel like a lifetime of experience in this stuff. But when we were first looking at multi-units way back, we were always a little hesitant for looking at buildings with a lot of three bedrooms because we thought, oh, those are ones that are always going to be the hardest to fill and have the most vacancies. And now it seems like the trend shifted a little yeah, bit. Yeah, what did you see to that? Like in the past, so you've been in this game for a little bit, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, it, a, a building with a higher percentage of three bedrooms, that would likely be probably looked at as a little bit of a negative, no? The, the, well, it, so you've got higher utility costs because you've got more tenants within the unit. So that's a factor to keep in mind. It all depends what's going on in the marketplace. When the economy is not so great, then people shack up a little bit. Or when there's a shortage of housing, which you guys have in you know, a, a GTA, for instance, right? So I think that would be some of the reasons explaining that. But a, but a while ago, so if those conditions don't exist then... Then it's then, but you know, the, the more common rentals would be, I guess, one bedroom, two bedrooms, right? One bedroom, two bedrooms. Yeah. I would agree with that statement. Because even the bachelors, yeah. bachelors off, often attract, or in the past, attracted more transient tenant. Is that true? Well, it's so this is, I like this stuff because this is interesting. It depends uh, where you are, uh, what was going on in the marketplace, what they built, because they built to suit whatever the needs of the housing market were at the time. For example, out west, the earlier buildings, a lot of when, because Alberta is a younger province, right? They built a lot, the older buildings, a lot of one bedrooms and bachelors. Uh, but as, you know, more families came, I'm talking about many years, but remember, Alberta is a younger province. So depending on the age of the building, you'll have, you'll tend to have more newer buildings, more two bedrooms, for instance. And the three bedrooms out in my neck of the woods uh, are rare, more rare. So, but that, it just depends what the need is. But certainly in tough times, uh, the, the buildings with more units, uh, more bedrooms, that is, uh, tend to be more popular. So, you know, but. Toronto's numbers of purpose-built rentals, if we're talking multi-units, yeah. I think it jumped from, I want to say 700 to like, you know, it jumped, but to like 4,000, but they need apparently like 20,000 a year yeah, to, to kind of maintain up. 18,000 Is it 18,000? Yeah, 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 something like that to, to maintain, to kind of suit the demand. So the jump's there, but it's because, the jump's only because it's it's gone from a, t a minuscule number to a tiny number. Well, I wasn't going to talk about this, uh, and we'll, we'll get off this, because I want to talk to Pierre Paul about personal development, but now we're on the subject, I can't resist. I looked at the latest population numbers, which I'm going to be talking about at the Your Life, Your Terms event. The the latest quarter reported by the government of Canada has, and it's the first time ever, the population increase in this country in a quarter has gone over 200,000 people. In a quarter. Is it all so that, immigration or how about like 80, percentage 80 of new births? Some, it's 80 something percent immigration. Yeah. 80 something percent. But 200,000. Nick, the amount that's coming of immigration to Ontario has increased. It's been historically about 42%. Now, wow. by quarter, it goes 44 to 46%. Of that 200,000, it's going to be about 90 some odd thousand people, not a year, a quarter coming to Ontario. Do you know how ridiculous that is? It's the insane. It's insane. I wish we had that back. No, I, and I know, and you know what? It, it's <laughs> I'll easy. talk about that at your event on Saturday as well, because uh, for us, you know what? It's half of the, the, the population growth is due to birth, not so much migration, 
which doesn't create any renters for my buildings, but you know, people are having families. It's, it, it's just crazy. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Anyway, we'll 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 talk about that more on the weekend. But yeah, uh, what I wanted to talk. Unless did you have more? Did, were you? We know we, 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 we can go so deep into this. But no, we you, have you, talk on this. You know what? Because I I was I was doing some research the last couple of days about the same topics right so and I, I noticed that it says um they're saying that the migration so it was about the population growth um uh until i think 2040 or 2046 how it's supposed to go up to 10 10 million in the gta area and they say of that growth migration which is immigration and and and, and interprovincial as well will account for 82 percent of ontario's growth so and i was if i were to bet the immigration is going to dwarf the actually, mig- you know, interprovincial migration oh, man, as it well. It absolutely does right? dwarf. The interprovincial is but, minimal. But, but 82% of the growth. So the natural, yep. the natural population increases. Well, is and, and Paul, you happening. should know this. We do a, an introductory training class here in yep. our office for real estate investors. Yep. The other night we had a class in here. Ten years ago, I would tell you, most of the people that we saw were what quote-unquote Canadians. What I mean by that is a big percentage born in Canada. Yeah. Now, well, even, it, but, you know, it could be first generation born in Canada, right? Their parents might be immigrants, but yes, born in Canada. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now on this last one, it was just fascinating. We had a young, a, a beautiful couple from India. We had another gentleman from Lebanon. We had another gentleman from Colombia. And then we had another gentleman from the fourth ones now escaping me. Um, Colombia, Lebanon, India. Yeah. It's escaping me where he was. Oh, uh, Jamaica. Okay. And, and, I mean, that was just, that was just, that wasn't even surveying the whole yep. room. That was yep. just after the class to answering questions yep. where when I asked, Hey, where are you from? They said, this is great. Like crazy. And I don't mean there's anything wrong with this, these people by any means. It's we the reality of our country of immigration. Yeah. It's just a reality of our, our situation here and the demand it's putting on real estate in this area. Although I'm a big, obviously selfishly. Sure, it benefits us. It drives prices up. It drives rents. Well, you, I don't know if you know the, what's going on in rents in here. It's going yeah. bananas. Yeah. yeah, so all this stuff is happening. But then I think about this, the society here as a whole and the, the stress it's putting on, like who in the government's taking care of the hospital system? Saying that, okay, we have all this population growth in here. Let's ramp up yeah. some of the social No, they, they build those after we need them. After right? we yeah, need I know, them. That's the it, problem. It's, it's, it, you can see the writing on the wall here. This is going to get a yep. little crazy. Yeah. So... I we're way off topic, but uh, anyway, it's all Pierre Paul's fault. That's all my two, fault. Two, you know what? <laughs> Nick broke your uh, your your your, yeah, your machine. Yeah, yeah. Your <laughs> what personal responsibility? I don't take any personal responsibility. How old are you again, the fingers, uh, Tom? Point the fingers. <laughs> anyway, were you going to say something? No, else? I was just going to say to that immigration point. A lot of the people that are coming from other countries that haven't had the the maybe the as stable as economy or stable kind of financial system as Canada's had over the years, when they come here their opinion of owning assets is vastly different than the typical Canadian. Yeah. And whether it's real estate or something else, they're just like, oh yeah, no, we saw it because we saw what our country went through. We want to own assets. We want to own stuff. Don't, you, know, don't, like don't you find they have a better understanding of I, the value of holding I, assets? I like believe hard so. Assets? Yeah, I believe so for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. Of the opportunities as well, they have a better understanding of the opportunities than our <laughs> kids. Yeah, they're ready to take advantage of the opportunities because they yeah. didn't have them, whereas we're used to them. So yep. it's so funny when it's right in front yep. of you, you take it for granted, right? Yep. No difference than so much, like your health, right? anything no for sure but yeah personal development so right yeah, isn't that where yeah, we're going yeah um yeah just to wrap up that note is uh sergio uh was on our podcast a little while ago, while ago pierre paul he's from argentina okay. and he said him and his wife when they got here they decided they uh instead of playing defensive with their finances which was what they felt yeah. like they were doing in argentina because it was 30 percent annual inflation yeah. here they finally felt like they could get offensive and you know 
get ahead. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's how they view Canada. And he made a comment. I don't know if it was on the podcast or not. I don't even know if I should say this, but he made a comment saying when other, when he hears other Canadians complain, he thinks, what are you complaining about? This country is amazing. Yep. And I felt like standing up and applauding for the guy, you know, like, cause I, I love Canada, but anyway. Okay. Well, but, but let me add to this where it's a segue into personal development. This is why, as you know, like you guys, I do travel a bit around the world and stuff like that. And I highly encourage my kids to travel. Uh, my older kids, so as I said earlier, my uh, oldest just turned uh, 22 yesterday, my daughter 20. After, so we've traveled with them, Europe and places like that and Jamaica. But uh, after high school, they all go on a trip, on a, take a gap year. My older kids both uh, speak, obviously, uh, French, English, and Spanish. So my two older kids. And for that reason, so they have seen poverty, they have seen... And to me, you know, it's my life as well. Since I was a teenager, I started traveling. So that's, that's, it's important to appreciate what we have. And this country, you know, as I think every time I come on your podcast, I say how much I appreciate this country. It's not perfect. There's a lot of uh, shit going on. But overall, man, we've got a good got a good you're, you're right you're so right there's a lot of shit going on. <laughs> hey before we go into the personal development stuff i gotta tell you we got new stickers made i wanted to give you these stickers you oh yeah have to i do, do anything I do. with them i just get crazy of this stuff so we put your life your terms right across the sticker love it and then underneath it in dark because we didn't want that to be the focus of it but in black letters underneath it says powered by rockstar real estate and That's the reason cool. we have that is like our whole purpose at rockstar is to empower people to live life on their terms so these are our funny little stickers. I'm having a midlife crisis, Pierre Paul. So I put one on my laptop here. I've never put one on my laptop. I thought this was. I blasphemy. saw that as soon as I, I walked I, in. I've never put a sticker on my laptop. I, I told my wife I must be going through a midlife crisis. But these are our. These stickers are probably worth ten cents each. But we are very proud to share these stickers with you. They mean a lot to us for some crazy reason. <laughs> you know, this is where we connect. Uh, I personally connect with the two of you. This every day living my life on my own terms means a shitload to me. This is important. That's why we're entrepreneurs. That's why we put up the why, bullshit why, why, and solve problems why, and all like, of yeah, that. Why do you, because you've said that. Why, why does this mean so? Where no, does because, this come from? Well, so we have a common history, right? You guys left your nice cushy corporate jobs and all of that. For me, that still is fairly recent. It's, uh, I left CMHC in 2010. The best pension plan in Canada, a nice six-figure salary and all of that. So I'm still reinventing myself, uh, you know, 10 years later. It's still fresh, you know, that move. And it's still hard. At your event, I'll, I'll be raw, right? I'll share what it's been like, uh, the real estate market. I can't uh, wait to see. What is Pierre uh, Paul like raw? Well, the, 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 I, I, I'll tell <laughs> yeah, it the way it is. this is the sugar-coated is. version? No, but <laughs> raw in the sense, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. Like real estate investing, it's fun when it works, when the fundamentals are great. Like you guys, you're bragging about uh, population growth <laughs> and, you know, rising you rents. Do no and <laughs> you could do no wrong. Yeah, Close exactly. Your Close your eyes and just buy. Well, let's see what happens when the shit hits the I fan. Know, and and, and I got stats like, you know, you, you got... Nick's got his laptop with CMHC stats, which I got in my own presentation. So, but no, but so there's a hardship, but at the end of the day, we're the master of our fate, captains of our soul, to quote uh, Ernest William Henley, uh, the poem Invictus, right? So that, that's why it means a lot to me. Um, I'm in a phase that's still challenging, I got a bunch of challenges, which we always do. Um, finding the ride a little bit long <laughs> because we're still in a downturn in Alberta. Uh, our uh, GDP growth was 0.8% in 2019. That's, that's not a recession, but boy, barely not a recession. So, you know, that's the kind of stuff I'm going to be raw because yes, it works well when, you know, you've got the wind in your sails and all of that. 
But when it doesn't, uh, you got to fess up to that as well. And there's always that risk. You told me about your family. I think one of these uh, podcasts, which I didn't know, uh, I can tell you similar stories of people owning real estate in Alberta, um, you know, for a couple of generations, if I recall correctly. And then there was a crash and they lost everything. Like I think it was second generation that these multifamily, these apartment buildings passed, were passed down. So you never know when the music is going to stop. And I quote something from my presentation on Saturday. But you, you got to know that when you get into it, it's fun when it works. But there's always a way to mitigate risk, right? That's my expertise as a former CMEC underwriter as, and as an investor. That's what we do. So during this period, how have you maintained yourself? Forget about your properties for a second because yep. this is a very stressful time to go through. It's been, it's how been, have you taken care of yourself? Like do you have some, you know, to go into the personal development stuff, do you, yep. do you, you know, I, I have this idea that like you can't do quality thinking when you're always hanging out with other people, you need some time by yourself yep. to, to think and, and, yeah. and digest and, and strategically plan your life, your properties. Yep. Do you have any routines that you go through today? I'll ask about your past, but today, do, do you, how are you managing all this? Are you taking care of yourself? Uh, I am doing a better job now. I am, to begin with, not the kind of like, I'm, I think like you, especially you, Tom, I'm uh, not type A, but I'm type triple E, like the Alberta beef, okay, type person. Uh, think fast, think a lot. Um, so I'm not particularly the person to handle stress well enough. But I got to tell you, so on the topic of personal development, 2020 for me is a reset year specifically, and that's why I couldn't believe you asked me to come and do a podcast on personal development. It's a big deal for me daily. So my goal, reset, what do I mean by 2020 being a reset year, is setting these habits. We all know that, you know, look at, have you seen that on uh, Netflix, uh, inside of uh, um, Bill's mind? Have you seen that? I have. How does he dress? Have you watched it yet? I've only watched the first oh. 20 minutes. Okay, yeah, but yeah. pay attention. How does, he, how, do, how does Bill Gates dress? I don't remember. Always kinda, the same. Always a little cardigan, a little shirt, very simply, right? You don't have to think. He doesn't have to think how he dresses. So mindful of my thought, like 2020, I'm starting, so I'm, I'm setting up a bunch of habits. Uh, in the past, wasn't so great uh, because I was on a acquisitions and, sort of spree and all of that building the business and you know the, the the workshops and all of that but in 2020 uh something is shifting i'm taking better care but i do practice yoga I came back from a week a uh, yoga retreat in mexico with my wife before christmas uh vegetarian food uh, but by a chef french train so it was great vegetarian food no electricity little huts you know with thatched and you know over the and the 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 shala where we'd practice uh would do sunrise meditation and then a couple uh practices a day so that yoga is part of i highly recommend yoga like I, it's, it's life changing i was just at a candlelight yoga last night yeah wow it's, i'm uh, proud of uh, you Whoa. yeah this is new for me this is new for was me. it hot yoga it was hot yoga yeah, hot. So infrared, 40 degrees, you, know, you sweat yeah, like a pig. Sweat like crazy. I'm I don't pig sweat, over, but anyway, I'm new just... to yoga, so I'm slipping all over this yeah. mat. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I can't even barely cross yeah. my legs. So <laughs> <laughs> you gotta wear a tights, right? Is that what you, you get? Like Every the ladies. Time you see me, I'm a disaster. I'm a disaster. I'm trying. Can you imagine your bro with? <laughs> no. Every time I think of yoga, I put I put more chalk on my hands and extra weight on the bar, and then yep. start lifting again. Uh, so that's my, that's what, that's what yeah, Nick, Nick is, he, that's why meditation is though. meditative for him, the weightlifting. Cause when he yep. does it, he's alone. He's thinking he really, and I've observed this in him. This is a meditative practice for me. Lifting weights for me isn't, uh, yoga is, but yoga does center me a little bit. Oh, more, there's, for sure. it, it is a form of meditation. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. It's so demanding that you can't think of anything else, but trying to give the pose, but 
You know, I highly recommend it. It's been life-changing for me. My wife practices as well. Um, I think everybody should, you know, you stay nimble, flexible. Uh, you the health know, benefits of that, of lengthening your muscles and being able to stay in the, the, the positions that yeah. as humans we're supposed to be able to sit in, but because we sit yeah. in chairs and work at desks and yeah. stuff so long, that's huge. That that I agree with. So if you're, My not, posture, doing, if you're not doing I used anything to have a bad else, posture. yeah, for sure. And look at people that age, how their posture is so bad. You, I, I'm, I'm committed to practicing yoga for the rest of my life. I could go every day. As a matter of fact, I won, excuse me, a, a 30-day challenge once in my uh, studio, meaning that I had to go every day for 30 days. Sometimes if you missed one day, you could make up by going twice the next day, and I won. So it's, uh, but I highly recommend. So definitely yoga, highly recommend for everybody. It is a form of meditation. I had so, no idea you were such a big yoga guy. Holy smokes, 30 days uh, in a row. I wouldn't say, well, I would like to be. So it depends. There's phases well, where you know, go less. Well, I don't know. You've a 30-day challenge. You went away into some yeah. thatch hut somewhere. Yeah. So I like it. Yeah, I like it. Then it's Are a you the guy studio. in the class that does that ohm sound for extra long? I remember when I went, I went to power yoga when I, I hurt my shoulder <laughs> to try it out a few times. And there's always this one guy that was... Uh, you know, sometimes they do like, um, and this one guy would be like extra long. Like he would hold it for 20 long <laughs> seconds longer than anyone else. I'm like, all right, dude, we get your point, man. You know like just be quiet. All right. You know what's new to me on the yoga at the end? I don't know everywhere. They, they, at the place I go to, they have a saying at the end every week or something. It changes. Then at the end, everyone says namaste at the end. And I guess I'm not used to saying, I don't know if that happens at every yoga place. I, I don't know. I no and idea. so, uh, I'm, I, I kind of feel a little shy, so like because you like, don't go regularly. I, yeah, so I'm just learning these habits, and so when everyone says it, they 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 you know put their arms together and they say namaste, and I just kind of like mumble it a little bit softly because I don't know what's going on, so I'll just say namaste, you know. When <laughs> you because I'm like, do I say it out loud? Do I internalize this? No, see, so I live in a, just outside Calgary, in a small cowboy town off Cowboy Trail, right, called Cochrane, and. Uh, because I've been going for so long, like the instructors become friends. They all have a different style. They have different playlists. So their music style is different. It becomes like home. It's, it's, uh, you don't mind saying namaste out loud. You don't mind. Uh, I, I'm, I go bare shirt, not that I have big pecs or anything like that. I don't give a shit. I'm doing my thing. Actually, the, the world, like only the instructor is there. The rest, you don't see anybody else when you're into it. It is highly uh, life-changing. I highly recommend it. Uh, so that's what I do. That's one of the things I do. I'm a big outdoors guy. You know, that's summer, winter. Now we're full tilt into ski season. I've already got 16 days of skis, living your life in, on, on my terms. That's what I can. And those are not vacations. It's just ski days, right? <laughs> I have that's vacations, nice. like I said, on top of that, right? So meditation. Uh, so the habits that I want to pick up this year, meditating a couple of times a day. I got, uh, there's lots of apps now, but I got the one I like is Swink, Sync Tuition. Uh, for meditation, about 20 minutes. I mean, there's all sort of stuff. But meditation, I find that we're, we're thrown, like there's so much stuff, information is thrown at us from all sort of directions to calm the mind down. And like you guys, I got, I'm a content creator as well. So like you said, if you're not well, you know, emotionally, it's, it's hard for you to create content or shoot a video like you do, like I do. Uh, so that's uh, meditation for me, bare minimum once a day. Uh, ideally, the, the, the habit that I'm, I'm, I'm instilling now, I'm a little late, uh, it's already beginning of February because for a number of reasons, some ski races my son had and we were away and I got sick. Um, but yeah, so definitely uh, I would, meditation is another thing. So meditation for you, yoga for you. Um, outdoors, I, mountain, outdoors, being in the mountains. Being outside. I, uh, something, and, and I think Nick knows this too. I, I, I've gone through recently a little bit of an anti-meditation thing. And I'll, let me explain, because yeah. I understand the benefits, is that uh, 
Nick and I, I don't know if I've ever told you this. I think I have, but our mom, when I was 13, I think, and Nick would have been eight, uh, took us to a meditation summer camp. No. Wow. <laughs> so for a whole week, we were in a kid's wow, meditation. Wow, your mom is yeah, ahead Toronto, of her time. The Toronto Library, downtown Toronto. Everyone okay. else is going to Disney World. Me and Nick yeah. are going to meditation camp. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, it taught us so much, and I really learned the power of my mind because yeah. they were doing simple things with us like name a time in the morning that you want to wake up tomorrow very specifically yeah. like you know 6 38 yeah. and see if you could train your brain to wake you up and and magically like work, you yeah. could do this stuff yeah and it taught us about like playing the movie of your life in front of you and seeing yeah. visualization the visualization so i kind of grew up with that and it carried through my life as a, like a regular habit and then from the ages of about 28 to 34 i really did it heavy because that's when i decided i was going to quit my job I quit at 33, and at 28 to 34, I was meditating every morning. I was mm-hmm. journaling. I showed Nick some of these books I wrote in. I wrote out affirmations. Some of them are so hilarious. Pierre Paul, I should show you. But uh, I, I wrote this stuff out. I showed Nick, and Nick's like, you really wrote that stuff out? I'm like, yeah, no, I really wrote this stuff out. But, uh, but then right around that time, uh, after 34, I guess about seven years ago when I turned 40, Meditation became popular in the blogosphere on podcasts. Yeah. Everybody started talking yeah. about meditation. And yeah. There's meditation apps and this. And I found myself like slightly rebelling. I'm like, it became so trendy to me. I was like, I'm not going to do it. And I, I know this sounds, <laughs> I know this sounds, this is, I think, this is just me going against the, the majority, you know, yeah, I heard yeah, everybody yeah. else yeah, started yeah. talking about it. So I was like, yeah. guys, this isn't some new thing. This has been around forever. Like, of course, your mom was ahead of her time. Ahead of her wow. Time. That's but impressive. But now I'm getting just kind of back into just centering myself a little bit. And I, I, for me, Pierre Paul, the best morning routine is getting up before the rest of my family, reading some information because I've discovered you know, my thoughts control my habits, my yep. habits control my actions, and my yep. actions give me my results. Absolutely. I'm not the first to come to this conclusion, obviously. Yep. I don't know where I read that a million times, but in the morning, if I can set my, my intentions for the day properly, and uh, it just creates a better life for me overall. This so, is not news. I fall news. out of that. Yeah. This is not news. The Romans, we're going to talk about the Stoics, uh, they all knew that. If you win the morning, you win the day. And I'm an early bird. Like I love, I can be up working at 5 a.m. easily, and I do regularly. So winning. The, what time? Because yeah. Nick's a big believer in that too. Nick will always say, like, what you'll you'll want to get two important things done in the morning, and then you'll feel happy. If you don't, you're you're not happy. It's the most important thing to me. Yeah, it, it really is. Because then I just get sucked into reactive stuff, and it just exactly. frustrates me to hell. But then you can go and do the reactive stuff, and you be happy about it. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? So yeah, that's 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 huge to me. And I block out. I block out like a lot of things like pretty much everything unless there's something that's like urgent that comes up i just i just let it sit there what can be frustrating for me sometimes like that though unfortunately is when those things take longer than they should and i'm like ah, i don't kind of get them done but i mean then i just split it up and i have to do it the next the day do you yeah, know what i mean but what can you do those happen that happens you know what i mean you can't yeah. control that well, and, and, to, and I hate getting interrupted during that time in the morning that I like to, this morning's a prime example. I had to create a lot of content for this event coming up. I never look at my phone on those mornings because if I look at my yep. phone before I have to do the important stuff, I totally get distracted. Yep. So I don't look at my phone and, uh, I, I, it kept ringing and it ended up being a, a property management, uh, pr- property manager that we work with. And for whatever reason, I had a moment of weakness and I answered the phone, turned into a 30 minute phone yep. call and I just, and it was valuable. It was important stuff, but the other stuff I was doing was more valuable at that yep. time. And I, so like halfway through the phone call, I'm like, why did I answer that freaking yep. phone? You know, I'm just so regretting that moment. I know how protective I should be of yep. those hours. So it's just something we all fight with yep. at, at all times. But you got to protect your time in the mornings when your brain 
is the best at its best shape and you know where you get uh, the most stuff done yeah there was a neuroscientist i once heard speak down in la who said that an hour and a half of whatever your prime time is and then we all have slightly yep. different prime times for yep. the vast majority of people yep. it is the morning an hour and a half in your prime time yep. is more effective than like four hours later oh, yeah. on in the day like like you said it's different for everyone but the uh, that as you for most people it'll be the morning because as you're as the day goes on, your brain becomes more rigid, right? And then when you sleep, it kind of becomes flexible again and it allows it to kind of function better, right? And I'm sure I'm butchering the terms. Like I'm sure there's yep. very much better scientific terms um, from neuroscientists that'll discuss that. But that's kind of what I learned. That was a couple of years ago now that I, we had that last conversation, but I, I remember um, that's the way it works. Totally. Right? And I was like, the, the, LS, the elasticity of the brain is yep. what I should say is, you know, and, and that's, I found that really interesting. I'm curious, uh, I, I want to talk about something else that I'm doing in 2020. Like I said, these tools I'm putting in place, these habits, but you guys are super busy. We're here in your beautiful new office. This stuff that you did, uh, Tom, the meditation and all that visualization, don't you think it's part of the reason why you're successful like you are and you, we're here sitting in your office? Yeah, I totally do. Right. And that's I mean, why that's why I laugh when I kind of rebel a little bit against Because you know the benefits. Because I, I know the meditation and visualization yeah. is... Uh, completely valuable yeah i mean i'll tell you something i was in my basement unfinished basement of my first family home and uh no second sorry i'd already moved my second house is an unfinished basement i used to go down there there was a little light in the basement you know just a bulb light yep. bulb with a string below yep. it. i would turn on that light um i uh i would go down there in the morning before my family would wake up and i remember thinking if one day I could, there was a Canadian tire close to me. Yeah. Okay. And I thought if we could meet five or six investors in that Canadian tire yep. parking lot and take them to show them some properties and how to invest properly, yep. wouldn't that be the best life? Yeah. If I could just do yep. that. And, and the seed of Rockstar was planted from like those kinds there of you thoughts. Go. And now today to be in our own office with Delete. Nick yep. and to be hosting 750 people on yep. Saturday, to have someone like yourself come and share their yep. stories from Alberta yep. coming here on the stage, who's going to be raw that I'm slightly scared of to see what he's going <laughs> to say on the stage. No, I'm joking. No. I'm totally joking. I'm totally joking. <laughs> but to, to, to see that come full circle, it all came. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Very cool. The, that visualization. Yep. I know it did. And it, 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 it I just get a little frustrated with it because some people think the visualization is everything no. and you have to marry. And this is an, another personal development thing I took for granted that I've now come to realize at 47 years old, how valuable it is. And what it is, is the compound effect. I think it's oh, yeah. Darren Hardy has a great yep. book on that. Yep. I think it's his book. Yep. But anyway, the, this idea that, you know, I used to get frustrated if I only worked on one of our websites, for example, 15 minutes a day, mm -hmm. I would think, Oh my gosh, I'm getting nowhere. This is ridiculous. But I stuck with it and Nick stuck with it. And we just worked on things day in, day Kaizen in. Kaizen is a concept, Japanese concept, it, uh, incremental improvements. Yeah, every day. But doing a little bit of that work yeah. compounded now at 47, starting this business and quitting when I was 33, and now uh, incorporating Rockstar a couple years later and, and seeing the benefits, we've done nothing special. The only yeah. thing we've done is every day we work. Yeah. Every day we get up and we do a bit of work. But we, Nick and I maybe to our detriment sometimes, do it every day, unless we're going on vacations or yep. something like that. And I'm the type of person that needs to unplug completely. Like I need to go to Croatia for a month. Yep. Otherwise I dip into my, oh, you know, I'll check yep. my emails and stuff like that. So from a personal development point of view, I know the power of a little bit of the right activity every day can yep. change your life. Yep. Like I, I, I believe in, that's why when I see people who aren't achieving what they want, I know they can. I know with just daily habits, day yep. in, day out, repeated, yep. 
Their whole, the, 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 the problem that I think most people have is they don't know what the right priorities are or what the right actions are. Yep. And for that, we all need mentors and things like yep. that, right? Yeah, you guys have been uh, strong on getting mentors. You work with some great, uh, you work with Dan Sullivan, I think. And Dan Kennedy. Dan Kennedy, Dan sorry. One Not of Dan ours Sullivan, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's, uh, it's important to get uh, inspiration and, and I guess. And uh, how are you, so how are you doing for that? Because you're out in Alberta. How are you doing on the mentor front? Uh, so I just got a business coach again, which I had one way back. You might remember Greg Hapstritt uh, years ago. So I worked with Greg for a couple of years and we ended up being introduced to a lot of amazing people. Uh, had uh, dinner with John Asaraf, like, uh, do, you, do you know John Asaraf from the Asaraf movie, from the, the secret? secret. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, but he's a cool, simple, uh, low profile guy. Um, Dean Graciosi in the U.S. You probably know Dean. Cool. Big, yeah, so, yeah. so a lot of role models who I was exposed, and these people, as you and I do, you you spend money on your getting mentorship. You got to spend the money. Uh, so I just got a, a business coach again, also a bit of an IT coach because uh, unlike you, I'm not as skilled. But all this stuff, podcasting and being organized, so giving me some tips. Uh, I do stuff. Um, what I find, like most entrepreneurs, like I said earlier, it's a, for me, it still is a recent phenomenon. I've been on my own out of CMHC for the last 10, 11 years now. Um, finding that balance, I'm not there yet. That's why 2020 is a reset year. What, what do you mean by finding that balance? You're just too heavy into the well, business? Well, sometimes I, like you guys, this is like, I'm a family guy. And seeing you two together, you got each other's back. It's huge. I don't necessarily have that. Right. So I don't have. So that's why I got to delegate. Of course, we all have to delegate. So hence, that's what I'm saying. I always use you. I always have a an IT consultant because I can't be doing the content and all this stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm learning some of the stuff. That's why that's I become my use of your time. Anyway. No, it's not. So I'm aware of that. Right. But I, I, I find that it's, it's I, I wear a lot of hats and I wear the daddy hat as well. I mean, I still have one young one at home. So and I'm the one that cooks dinner every day because I live I, I work from home. So there's a lot of I wear a lot of hats. Sometimes it gets over overwhelming so i'm trying to what you said about meditation for me is like uh, an awareness i can tell you that i'm already different than i was already i mean it's it's work in progress but i'm aware of my thoughts like what i find is that uh being the triple a <laughs> type of person that the stuff accumulates this negative energy especially when you've got a teenager at home and you repeat many 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 times <laughs> and still not getting through and to me that little one, he's got a big gap in years with his older sister, the middle child. And I didn't realize until like last month that all this negative energy of me repeating, because we are all highly effective, efficient people. But him, efficiency, he's going to spend an hour and a half in the bathroom. I hope he never hears this because he will shoot me. Uh, you know, and, and like the, the waste of time kills me. And you know what? I got to let go of surrendering. 2020, when I say reset, is letting go of the battles. He's failed a couple of freaking courses. He's in grade 10 because, do you know guys uh, on Instagram, Gary V? Yeah. Gary yeah, yeah. Fucking apparently Gary said, yeah, you don't need to go to school to be successful. <laughs> what the hell, kid? Jesus Christ. Can I say this on your podcast? I you just did. You can say whatever you want. Holy mackerel, kid. What planet are you from? Like his older brother and sister are both in university. I mean, for crying out loud, what are you smoking that I'm not aware of? So anyway, so you know, where's your patience? And then you know what? 
okay. I want to get the work done. So then you failed a couple of classes. So I had to deal with that this last few weeks going to school. Well, you can sometimes, I look, I had to do a lot of things in high school the hard way and, and learn my lessons. Yeah, you're you're, te- you you're talking, this is good for you, Pierre Paul. Meet, so, meet Nick Correct. Well, he's got a daughter. I warned Nick, him about his daughter. Do you know how I graduated she... high school? You probably don't know this. So in, in high school, we went to Catholic school. So in, uh, in, I think it was grade 12. It was either grade 12 or grade 13. We were still 13 at that time. Yeah. So, but I think it was grade 12. You get half half the semester is spare and then half is religion. Yep. So I had the first half is spare. And then the second half, I was like, well, it's only a half credit. But yep. I'm like, why am I going to go to religion? Like, I, I like spare much better than religion. I'm just not going to show up. <laughs> so I never showed up. They tracked me down and they threatened me or something I'm like, yeah, whatever. I just never showed up. Right. So I didn't take religion. Sounds like my son. So. So you know what happens? Get to graduation. I got to walk across the stage, but I was actually half a credit short from yep. graduating because of that. But they let you walk across so, the stage. Yeah, they let me walk across the stage. So, you know, do, do the whole yep. show. So to graduate high school, I had to take a... I, I looked for the easiest course I could find in summer school. Yep. I took a... It was a grade 10 equivalent course. It was grade 10 weightlifting. That's actually how I started yep. going to the gym was that's how it... There you and, go. But you know what? <laughs> to be fair, going to that grade 10 weightlifting course changed my life from like a health and fitness standpoint. So it was there actually... Pro- I probably gained far more from the grade 10 weightlifting course than I would have from the half credit religion, to be honest with you. Right? But... Uh, you developed the So I mean, everyone's got their own out. path as long as there is a path. You know what I mean? That And that's the challenge. But everybody has their own journey too and yeah. I'm not here to defend your son by you're his father and stuff but sometimes I do think that we don't know how the path is going to unfold and of course you're his father so you're yeah. going to have very specific opinions on your son's life but then for me it's easier because I'm not his father and I yeah. can take this look from the outside yeah. and I can say hey Pierre Paul you know what let the boy experience life and well that's what I'm doing now Tom <laughs> I'm doing it now you know what to your point though about letting stuff go of stuff from from the personal development side of stuff something that it took me a long time to realize because when we started getting busier i I kept chasing every so once you start doing things and and open your eyes to all the opportunities there is a lot of opportunities and you really it's a struggle to to rein in what you're kind of focusing on and it took me a long time to get there and i still struggle with this sometimes but it's it becomes very powerful not just powerful it becomes important you have to understand what to say no to and you yep. cannot take advantage of everything. That's huge. And it's it because it, it clears mental space. It's not just that you're like, well, I don't have to do that work. It clears mental space in your mind. If you've de- 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 um, decided you are not going to pursue whatever opportunity that is, you don't even have to think about it anymore. It's not just, it's not occupying a little space for the yep. month while you debate it back and forth. And um, it's become very important for me. Like I have to decide like, look, no, I'm not doing that. And I'm very content to say that now, whereas before I always felt like, oh, maybe yep. I should be, maybe I should be, uh, you know, should be chasing that. But no, like there's just, there's just too much stuff going on. You reminded me of something that's part of this 2020 reset for me. Uh, have you seen that on Netflix? Marie Kondo, decluttering. You have not. No. I look at your office, it's gorgeous, so congratulations, uh, you guys, but it's Spartan, and I like that, like the simplicity of it. Like My wife buys me freaking clothes. I, I don't know what clothes I have. I have too many. I'm never going to wear all of that. So Mary Kondo, it's on Netflix. It's worth watching one episode. She's a Japanese little lady. She looks like a little doll, and she teaches you how to get rid of your clothes, say thank you to your clothes. Seriously, man. I, I have shit. I'm getting rid of shit. Like my I office. I believe in the, So I haven't watched this. I believe in what you're saying so much right I, now. I want my wife to watch that. <laughs> I, I, I discuss this It's with also life changing. I'm telling you. Okay. My office now, I'm all on the cloud, right? Something I'll talk a little bit in my presentation on Saturday, but uh, I don't have paper anymore. Love it. 
Like I still have to finish cleaning my office, but I hardly have anything and I don't accumulate it anymore. Love it. My wardrobes, you go through the stuff and you ditch it. You throw it out, what you don't need. And she teaches you how to fold it, that it's neat. And you can see what the hell you got in your drawers, in your closet. I'm telling you, no, no, seriously, it's life-changing. Uh, Mary yeah, Kondo. I'll look at that. I'll look at you that. know what? I throw stuff out in our house. I drive my whole family crazy. I, I, I announce to my house, I'm going to the dump. I'm loading stuff up and I just pick rooms. I'll, I'll say the basement. And yeah. I just load stuff up, and it makes me so happy. I know this sounds there ridiculous. You go. When I get rid of stuff, I agree. Mama, I agree. I just feel lighter. I yeah. think it makes everyone happy. It, yeah, a lot of people resist it, but when they finally do it, my wife is is she's not a hoarder. I call her a hoarder, but I probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> oh, but she's not. But she does she listen to your podcast? <laughs> she will hang on to certain things. Yeah, I'll hear about this one for sure. Ooh, Don't worry. Yeah, but. Um, She'll, she'll hang on to stuff and even her, so she, cause she'll resist getting rid of it. But once she gets in that mood finally, and she like decides to kind of part ways with, with, with a bunch of stuff, she's like, oh yeah, I feel better. Like there's something, I don't know what it is. It's mentally, real. emotionally. It's, mental it's, it's real. Awesome. It's yes. very real. Now my wife unfortunately has good freaking memory. I'm like you, I throw out shit, but she remembers what I threw out sooner or later. She'll remember, but I still do it. But yeah, and sometimes I'll throw something out uh, and I'll say something like, when's the last time we've used this? Exactly. And of course, I'll decide to throw it out. And then, you know, a week later, the, the item I decided to throw out, we yep. needed for some reason. So Seriously, that- watch this. Mary Kondo, it's on Netflix. And before, so what you do is you put all your clothes on your bed that you don't want. If you, you, you look at it, it, it's somewhat spiritual. This is in, in line with the topic today. And you look at it and... Does it give me joy wearing this or not? If you haven't worn it in a while, does it give me joy? No. So you put, you say thank you, and you throw it out, I've, or you give it away, right? Obviously, you want to give it away to people who need clothing. But I'm telling you, it is highly spiritual. I'm telling you, it's a pretty no, I told, I cool told show. I want to circle back to something you said earlier about Gary Vaynerchuk. Is is something? It's interesting you bring him up because. I think something he does a good job at, and I know he's telling your son has picked up about the school thing, no, <laughs> the wrong but, stuff. But there, but there is something that he repeats, and I believe strongly in this is that you know everyone needs skills. Oh yeah. So you need a skill. So it's fine about school, no school. We can all argue that all day yep. long. University, no university, whatever. We can argue. Yep. But ultimately, and this is something I'm trying to instill. My son is 17, turning 18 soon, and the conversations I'm having around him when I feel like he's listening will be that uh, just get some skills because that, you know, the whole your life, your terms thing. I'll tell you the reason that we got into real estate decided to Nick and I started many little businesses before Rockstar and we decided to double down on Rockstar because I thought every wealthy person I've ever met in my life owns real estate. Of course. Like that, that was the, that was it. You know, I'm like, okay, we might as well take everything we know that to this point and just dive into real estate. We already own rental yep. property. It just kind of fit, yep. right? So, so, so the asset class was valuable, but then the most important skill that we picked up, picked up was our sales skills and our marketing skills because those specific skills have really allowed us to feel we can live life on our terms because I strongly believe, Pierre Paul, you can dump us in the middle of Costa Rica with nothing. It's a nice and, place, Costa Rica. So, okay, yeah, we can pick up <laughs> or maybe a different place, Alaska, wherever you want. No, I don't want to go to Alaska. I want to go to Costa Rica. So anywhere, yep. wherever. And I feel oh, with yeah. the principles that I understand from not only real estate, but from sales and marketing. Oh, yeah. Nick and I can start up a cafe, a car wash, whatever, you, you know, uh, whatever we're going to start up there. And we will have freedom. We will live life on our terms. But it comes from having skills that the marketplace values. So whenever I hear somebody say school's not important, I always say, absolutely, you know, do, do your path. Do your thing. 
but don't think for a second that the marketplace is going to reward you for not having skills. Yep. If you don't have skills, the marketplace is going to toss you around and throw you out like a piece yep. of garbage. So you yep. need to double down on your uh, skill development. You're touching upon a limiting belief of mine that I only got rid precisely when I left my cushy job at CMHC. Uh, I grew up with limiting beliefs surrounding uh, salespeople and marketing. I wish I hadn't. And I assure you that I tell my kids, and especially my older son, who's uh, an introvert, uh, everybody's in sales. Everybody's in marketing in one way or the other. And I just, this is like I'm 57. I just understood that in the last decade only. And I sure wish I had understood that at my kids' age. And even my 15-year-old, Gary Vaynerchuk, does a great job. Like, I'm not uh, talking negatively about him. It's just my son interpreted something he said the wrong word, the way that suited him. But no, you're right. I mean, I read stuff like uh, Influence by Robert Cialdini and stuff like that. I, I read all the freaking books you guys tell me to read on marketing. Bill Glazer, should I go to that event in March, actually, in Dallas or somewhere <laughs> like that? Anyway, uh, no, I hear you. That is a skill that every human being, one way or the other, if you apply and, for a job, you need to have and some you're not alone. sales Nick skills. And I I were brought up in a family that uh yeah catholic know, we, like me uh, well yeah and we were we were kind of i don't know nick if we were told specifically but it was definitely implied that salespeople were liars and yep. sales was yep. negative and yep. every salesperson was out to yep. cheat you and uh and i don't mean anything bad to our parents about that at all i just mean i think they probably meant good by sharing that oh stuff. yeah but but now I realize, huh, it was, it was really when I, when I was in tech support at Oracle and I was trying to help a guy from Nortel. You remember Nortel? Mm -hmm. Nortel install some database software. And at the same time, I had heard that the sales floor was popping champagne. And uh, I'm, I, I, it really hit me at that moment. I thought, oh my gosh, the guys who are making the sales are, have already gotten paid. Yep. They're celebrating the champagne. I'm the guy over here making all this kind of like actually work. Yeah. I kind of want to be the one having the champagne. On the sales side <laughs> that of was, things. That was my first like, yep. maybe the sale, maybe there is something to this whole sales thing that I'm yep. not, you know, and, and I'm not picking up and, and kind of got How me. How were you when you figured that, that out? That was late. That was 20, uh, I guess I would have been 26. Yeah, still is I, a half as, <laughs> 25 years sooner than me. <laughs> yeah, 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 still. That's but, why but, you're sitting in the beautiful office but, with but, your but, brother no, now. And, and, and it could, I'm not. No, it could be, it could be. <laughs> that I picked up that and it was one guy when I got yeah. into sales I didn't go straight into sales I was working in sales as what they call the sales engineer helping the sales staff yeah. explain the technology and then one day I walked to one of the sales guys great guy and my salary at that at that point was pretty good I think it was like annually it mm -hmm. was I think it was like $72,000 a year I was telling Carol like We're, we hit the lottery on this sales job right I'm in my 20s I'm making yep. 72 plus like a bone like this is big this yep. is one of the it was a that really was $72,000 a year 20 years ago yeah in right. a, in in a, yeah, and it was in software sales that was trending. It's why we talk about trends because yep. industries that are trending always pay the yep. most. But uh, um, and then I walked to one of the sales guys, and I was the guy on the phone call explaining the technology all the time, and he was kind of he was just pinning it what yeah, you yeah, were yeah, giving yeah, him, yeah. He, and he, <laughs> and he, he was made the kind box. of lamenting. And again, this was a great guy, but <laughs> he was kind of lament. He was kind of saying, oh, "I'm having a bit of a down year." I'm like, "Really? Like, why? What's going on?" He goes, oh, "I'm only going to make like 130 this year," and I remember thinking, "Whoa!" whoa, whoa. Oh, and that's God. when, and that, and a few yep. other people influenced me, and I thought, yep. "I got to get." And so it was a gradual process, yep. Paul. It wasn't all in one, but yep. I remember thinking, "I got to get from this chair." over to that chair, yeah. you know, and uh, so we all go well, through Well, for me, it was a bit of a rude awakening. It didn't happen gradually. I had to just all of a sudden develop. I'm still working on it, but it's, I get it, you know, and at least I tell my kids, everybody's in sales. Well, well, well the way you can really 
do so well at sales is that you can be in full integrity and be strategically very good through education. Nick and I were yep. just talking about this. If you educate the way you do, you naturally from a sales and a marketing point of view, uh, create authority for yourself, yep. Pierre Paul. And I know you, you know this, but, and you're a great educator and you love educating people yep. on this stuff. So the stuff that you love doing naturally, when you strategically assemble it in a way that will draw business to you, yep. you can live in full integrity. It's gotta be from a place of service to people. It, it does. Yeah. And when you do it that way, it can yeah. work really well. You can have sales flowing to you. Oh, you yeah. can be a salesperson, but living with your integrity. There's nothing of, wrong with sales. 100%. Nothing wrong with sales. Yeah, 100%. I wish, other, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say the other thing that we learned, you were talking about lessons from, from real estate, and, and that those are big ones. But the other thing that, that you know investing in real estate taught me that has carried over to everything is just the ability to deal with shit. Yeah. Like, cause, cause when you're, yep. things are going to pop up that you're not expecting, yep. they're going to pop up at any time and you need to be able to handle them. And you know, that's the most valuable skill. Like if you're, if you're, it doesn't even matter entrepreneur or not, if you're working corporate job, that skill, that things problem are popping solving. up and yeah, and you can, you can, um, can I say it again? You can handle them. When there's a problem, there's always a solution. If you cannot find a solution, that means you're part of the yeah, problem. But so many people, Let that sink. So that's powerful thinking. You're right. I teach that to my students when I, my workshops and so many people, but so many people that's their bear, they stop and it's, it's the roadblock in front of them, in front of a problem that that's been huge because that, like, that I mean, and we were, we were joking about it right now when the, when the podcast equipment broke today, yeah. it was like, we were onto five different yeah. potential solutions mm -hmm. to try to get it work to work until one finally, finally worked. You know what I mean? Like it's just, were you, you weren't raised thinking that way. Were you? Are you? I don't parents, recall kind of specifically. Hard workers. Yeah, the hard yeah. work. I don't know if they there. taught us that in that way. Because to me, I make a point. Like my kids know this. Like literally, in my workshops, where there's a problem, there's always a solution, right? And I teach my kids that. And if you cannot find the solution, you're part of the problem. That means you got the solution within you, no matter what happens. And that is such a powerful framework. To, to live life. Yeah. And that's what we try to we even hear. And I, I, I have similar conversations with my kids and, and here too, when people are coming to us with stuff, I'm like, well, okay, come to me, like bring me uh, solutions and we'll talk about the couple solutions yeah. you're thinking of. Don't just bring the problem, bring the problem exactly. and say, here's what I think we should do. I wanted your opinion. It, we can do this or this or this. I'm yeah. like, that's the conversation we should have. Not just like, here's the problem. Now what? One right? of the craziest ones that we had recently, Nick was, uh, cause real estate, real estate, obviously I remember yep. running around that best Buy. Do you remember the hot water tank that blew up? And I was, I was at Best Buy dealing with the water Screaming at the screaming guy. Screaming at the person. Pierre Paul, they, uh, we had a hot water tank uh, blow up. We got it repaired. They turned off the gas. To they told us, to, well, they told us it was, it was in a student property in the basement. And they told us, for, the guy came and he said, okay, it is leaking, right? So there's a guy that comes out to say, yes, it is leaking. Thanks. We figured that out. We'll replace he it. figured that out with the gallons of water yeah. sitting on the floor. So then he's like, you know, and then, so then he said, you know what, if you, if you remove this wall, it'll be much easier access for um, for the guy to replace it. We're like, no problem. It was, you know, it's it was a, a tight next to the furnace to get around. And that. the way the wall was put up, it was there. It was existing when we bought it. So they didn't do actually a great mm -hmm. job putting the wall up. So no problem. We removed it. So the guy comes in to put the new water tank tank in. He puts it in. He's like, sorry, I put it in, but I got to red tag this because there's no wall between here and the bedroom. It wasn't up to code. So, but I'm like, and we're like, guys, we're like, you, you told, told us, us to, to take the wall, the wall down. 
Right. So, 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 so I the kids were walking around that yeah. Best Buy on the phone with <laughs> yeah. this guy because the students, it was the middle, they were, they were, it was they, the middle of winter. Yeah. No hot water. And uh, I remember think we offered to get them hotels and the whole bit. I remember freaking out on the phone because yeah. they told us to take the wall down to help them out. And then they said, sorry, we're right taking so, you know, the gas. Uh, we got a friend oh that gosh. Saturday, we went Saturday night. We convinced one of our buddies who could build a wall um, to go there on a Saturday night because this happened like on a Friday. Saturday night, he built the wall. And I think we got it all turned back on on Monday. But, but that even wasn't even the story I was going to tell you about it was the the last year's entrepreneur summit the Pierre Paul was at were you at last year's two years two ago. years okay you weren't at last I'm, year's I'm on back day this year. one Nick and I walk in Nick I forget the comedy of errors that went on but just to give you so we're, we're hosting like I don't know 100 and some odd people people some people have flown in for this you know it's a paid for event on day one the audio I walk in the audio video guys have some problem I forget Nick something massive like wasn't working I forget they went to go and get something but I walk in AV is not set up at all uh, our own registration desk, people are arriving, our own registration yeah. desk, not, not set, set up, up at all. There was a, 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 I think it was the stage that was set up in the wrong spot. In it the was top. some of the screens were close. It wasn't set up all oh, across yeah, yeah, for the other people. Were yeah, in the yeah. wrong spot. And it sounds like it's easy to move screens, but no, this is a big setup. Yeah. To move screens is, is not an easy yeah, thing. Yeah. So we're starting in like, I don't know, 90 minutes and the comedy of errors that are going on in this <laughs> thing. And then people are coming up to you saying, Hey Tom, yeah. good to see you. I just like, you know, I just yeah. want to talk. And so you're trying distracting. To, you're trying to be kind, obviously <laughs> to, to people, but you're in the back of your mind, you're, you're absolutely yeah. freaking out. What the hell is going yeah. on here? Anyway. So. I want to share uh, back on the uh, topic. I want to share this with people, your listeners. I found a great tool. So again, just going back to the reset 2020 being a reset year for me, finding more balance. It's called Lifebook. And the guy that uh, created this, his name is John Butcher, I believe, American guy, entrepreneur. Uh, he, he, when he was in his teen years, his dad, his parents were artists, but his dad uh, developed these little figurines, like porcelain figurines, like fatty people. You see them everywhere. If I could show you, John Butcher, okay? But he had all sort of, a, so he inherited the business from his parents, not inherited, but made, took it to the next level, very wealthy around the world and all that, like he's super rich guy, right? Uh, but then I think over, overdid it, worked long hours, got into some addictions and whatever. Uh, so decided to find balance in his life. He created this, and I bought this, it's 500 bucks US, but it's, I think it's 13 categories where you want to find balance in your life. So I started that in January. This is pretty freaking cool. That's why I wanted to make a point uh, when you find a great tool like this. So the categories, hopefully I'll get the most of them. Uh, you've got emotional life, financial life, intellectual life, uh, relationship, love, uh, you know, and, and See, I wouldn't be able to give you all the 13, That's but okay. John Butcher, uh, and it's a life book. And... Too, you much, know, too much of this French wine slash cognac yeah. that you're feeding yeah. us. Nick kind of likes Nick's it. Like, they, uh, Nick is really just, yeah, uh, refill, refill. barely diluting it with any ice. <laughs> but um, I highly recommend this because, so you got the premise. What is it that you want in each category? What is it? What's the premise? Okay. Then what's the vision? And then what's the strategy? So how are you going to achieve that vision based on those premises and all of that? It's, it's pretty, pretty, pretty cool because it's a challenge. Like being an entrepreneur, okay, we're problem solvers. But all this stuff keeps coming up, and how do you find balance? So for me, okay, I'm doing okay. I mean, it's, it's been challenges, and I'll discuss that at your event on Saturday about the market in Alberta and all that, but I'm surviving. And again, I'm going to give a, an advance notice. One of the quotes I've got is, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? And so, yeah, obstacles are there to instruct, 
not to obstruct, like uh, Brian Tracy always says. And so, but the point is trying to find balance. I find that it's he's a business owner, and uh, the idea is to update these visions, these life pages because they're life pages categories some of them people put them in nice beautiful leather bound uh, binders and stuff like that but that's a pretty cool tool are you funny are you looking for it i was looking for it. yeah there's a couple um some of the john butchers some of the sites are it looks like a mind what are the other categories Valley, uh, it looks Nick. like and then ben greenfield has a review of it as well who we yeah so he's a uh, buddy so with uh, tim ferris right i don't think yeah. i've heard of this one yeah no i haven't seen it uh, yeah, yeah uh, it's but can you t- do, what are the other categories there t- nick you, you know see? what i'm trying to pull it up what i'm yeah, just so having a little said, bit of emotional uh, intellectual love life financial gosh i mean I, I didn't bring my laptop it's in my laptop but it's pretty cool because you adapt it and you know what you pay 500 bucks for it i don't know there's so many launches but then after that uh, if you follow the program they give you your money back so I, I, I thought that's such a great exercise. And you got to write your own premise. And there, there you go. There yeah, you go. I think it's the Mind, Mind Valley. That's the it. Mind Valley one, yeah. There Mind you go. Valley. Life book. Huh. Right. Program curriculum. What are the categories there? Yeah. Yeah. Program, Program curriculum. curriculum. There you go. Awesome. There we go. Anyway, just that, that's uh, to me. I've never heard of this. To me, this is a great little tool. It's easy. There's examples. Health and fitness, obviously. Emotional, oh, emotional your character. character. Yeah, 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 cool. Your love relationship, your spiritual life, parenting, social life, financial, your career, quality of life, life vision. Very cool. I'm telling you guys, this is a great concrete tool. It's not huge. It's not difficult to go through. They give you some examples of, you know, but it's somebody who's gone through trial and errors, successful uh, business owner and super wealthy. But uh, how do you find throughout all of that balance? And to me, 2020, this is it. There's a nice ring to it. Although I got to tell you, started really a rough start. I haven't shared that with you. Uh, fighting with the bank on an expropriation. I've, anyway, but see how that one. Uh, are you are you sharing that in your presentation as well? Uh, no, oh, but okay. I could. But but I, the, the battle's not won yet. So, but uh, I'm not being expropriated the full property, just a, a portion of the front to build an LRT station. But I've been around, and I used to be the insider, and the freaking loan is fully insured by CMC. So buzz off, uh, First <laughs> National. And I used to be a lawyer, right? So you don't pull the wool over my eyes so easily. The, the person well, calling Pierre Paul that's thinking, hey, they're going to slip something by this guy. Well, <laughs> that's it. No, but you know what I'm saying, Tom? Truly, this is what's going on. And I said, show me the case law. It says the, the mortgage clause, CMHC clause, right? Uh, if well, no, we're switching topic. That can go well, what, stories. You know, what but. I was going to say on the personal development front is, I've just kind of learned yeah. in life that every obs- everything I view as a problem, I've come to realize is uh, an actual opportunity for me to grow. Oh, big and time! That, and that I, when I fully accept that, I always get a positive out of every problem, and then that problem is never a problem again because I've learned those lessons when I tried to f- when I was younger I tried to fight problems yeah, like I tried to not take responsibility for them and say Pierre Paul's the problem Nick's the problem I not I, I wouldn't take ownership as soon as I took 100% ownership for my life and accepted that every problem was trying to teach me something and there's an opportunity in it my life got so much better so much faster and and those problems once you tackle those head-on and Nick and I both know that we, we both do that regularly once you've tackled a problem and owned it, it's never a problem again. And you get to deal with higher and better problems. You, you become always, a better version of yourself too in the process. You do. And, and, and it allows you to move forward faster because 
those problems are at a lower level. And when you when you overcome that level, yep. you're dealing with higher problems. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And and I've always come to you know sometimes when I get frustrated when I, when you know you're talking about 2020 is a reset year. Whenever I find something for myself, like I'm going through a few weeks or months of like, wow, I'm really hung up on a few problems. Yep. I always tell myself I need to get bigger problems. Because I'm focused on this to, to, So the law of relativity, right? So yeah, that you I, put I them need, back in perspective. Yeah, they're not that bad. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And whenever I get bigger, better problems, the other ones that I was so focused on just kind of magically take care of themselves. I know it sounds ridiculous. Yeah. No, no. It's the law of relativity. Absolutely. And It makes sense. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm believing you that it's the law of relativity. No, in that saying, sense. In that okay, context. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not well, exactly like Einstein's yeah, yeah, version yeah, no, of it, but well, to some extent. Look, this week's been a busy week, running ragged, some things I don't really want to deal with, so I'm feeling a little bit stressed out, right? And uh, at the gym this morning, I was talking to someone who was speaking to someone else who had uh, lost their wife not so long, like in, six weeks ago, you know, to My can, brother-in-law to has cancer. cancer. Yeah. So when, you know, you hear those stories and you're just like, why do I even give a shit about anything? Any of the stuff that I think is like a big deal right now, like, come on, like in the, in the grand scheme of things, you're right the rock, rock right? Here, right? Uh, I know you still got that thing. I, I have it every day. I'm going to, I'm going to test, I'm going to test you. Talk. I'm going to grab it off that table before he leaves and you see if he notices. You gratitude rock on the stage. <laughs> I always, I'm going to start with that. That's how I start because it's a privilege, it's a blessing to be speaking in front of 700 no, it really people. Is, and that's the stuff that is, is the hardest thing to kind of, we, we take so much for granted so often that you have to kind of reset yourself that way regularly it's not an easy, me, it's not an easy so thing can, can, can i this is important i'm right in the middle like i said i had the rough january i got sick i got angry at my 15 year old badly uh i did stuff you know so to me now it's being aware like you said about your thought process you know now I, and i'm it, it's working checking in with yourself on a regular basis like i said for me that 15 year old whom i love dearly like we're buddies i mean not really it's not my buddy but you know we do a lot of stuff together we go skiing we go hunting you name it uh, but I, this tension, I me not letting go, it says life is mistakes. I can try to guide at the end of the day, like any other human being, you're going to have to, you know, suffer the consequences of your actions or inactions. But the point for me was to, you know, Hey, you know, uh, your life is pretty good. I mean, I got to let go of that and move on with my own life and, you know, hopefully hope the best for him. Right. It's just, it's just the way it goes. No. Guys, uh, Pierre Paul, I don't know when your next workshop is coming up. Can you? When is that? When is the next? June. Week? Oh yeah, we got so the bunch. You, yeah, yeah. So what are what are, what are you? There's people to? that listen to you across Canada. So I got the first one is uh, super stoked about that. You said it. It's it's a, a pure joy. First one is in Vancouver. Uh, people May listen to 1st. us in Vancouver, Pierre Paul. Was that people listen to us in Vancouver? Remember, I said that somebody. I'm joking. I know. I know they do. We see. Yeah, the stats. like somebody told they... me from Saskatchewan that they heard me on your podcast. What the heck? Uh, so yes. thank you. If you're listening to us from the other side of the country, we thank you. Yeah, May first to the third is the first one in Vancouver. Actually, specifically Langley. We go to a building and we get up on the roof with boiler room. It's very cool format. Uh, then the one I in Edmonton. You see Pierre Paul standing on top of some roof somewhere, jumping up and down. You got to sign a waiver. This is why it's a not this a good sucks. roof. Yeah. <laughs> this roof is garbage and the whole yeah. thing's flexing up and down. <laughs> some tenants are there that just follow them up and be like, oh my God, my building yeah. sucks. Yeah, and they're yeah. complaining to the landlord. The landlord's room. never going <laughs> like to yeah. Realtors there trying to sell it, being like, oh, thanks a lot. But, but you know what? It's, a, the, it's the most uh, expensive component of a building that can fail on you. So that's why, you know, it's just people. Anyway, so roof, uh, May 1st or the 3rd in Vancouver. Vancouver, Edmonton, uh, May 20, the Friday is that May 22nd to the 24th, yeah, and Hamilton, uh, June 5th 
to the 7th, and then I'm at your event. So, yeah, multifamilyinvestingcount.com, early bird price and uh, going on right now. So, so it's we'll a lot of fun. So we'll link to it in the show notes. So if you're listening to this, the URL for Pierre Paul's, uh, for your website, for your event, for everything, yeah. we'll put in the show notes of this episode at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash podcast on the show notes for this episode. If you're driving and you can't write that URL down, we will have it linked there. And, and I'll send you, you guys have a special link, so I'll give it to you, you guys as well. So, okay, awesome. Oh, no, so that's, no, that's for a freebie I'm giving on Saturday. I completely mixed up things. But well, anyways. now you've said it. So now <laughs> oh, well, I'm, I'm actually going to give you actually for freebie for Rockstar members, which I've never done before. It's a portion of my online course, Multifam, the Canadian Multifamily Investing Blueprint, which works across Canada, right? The stuff that I teach are the highest standards in the land because CMHC is the highest, most demanding freaking entity when it comes to getting financing insured. Uh, but yeah, Rockstar members get it uh, for free. Uh, I, I just don't know the link uh, by we'll heart, but I'll give oh, it yeah, to that, you. But it's two sure. hours because, so a little bit of real estate, um, multifamily, unlike small rental properties, the stakes are higher. And Obviously, it's, the rewards it's are, a smaller format, so it's, it's very personalized. Right? Oh, it's like we're talking 20, 30 people yeah, the most. That's what's oh, nice no, no, about it's it. high think, end uh, it, stuff. Yeah, Everyone yeah, who's taking yeah. your workshop has had glowing reviews. Yeah, so. thank you. But no, so you guys are getting a freebie. So yeah, it's two hours of content, it's the planning research. And it, it presents an overview of the entire process of investing in apartment buildings. How do you pick the property type, property size, uh, an overview of financing strategies available. Uh, I forget, but it's two hours of content online. So you you guys for Rockstar members, that's Very uh, cool. what I'm offering on, uh, uh, on, on Saturday. And now I don't know the link, but we'll it's all just for you guys. Details. Thank yeah. you for that. It's, it's, I think you'll like it. I mean, like you said, that. I just can't believe reviews. we're allowing you in Ontario. Okay, <laughs> that's what I can't believe. I just can't believe you're here and we're allowing this. Next time, well, we I'm bringing booze. Why? You know, why, why wouldn't the you? Customs Authority of Ontario. So every time you come here, you have to check in at Rockstar. Okay, okay and bring a bottle of booze. Okay, we're good. <laughs> uh, Pierre Paul, anything else that you want? No, to No, I think uh, let's uh, let's get them. Uh, you know, let's go out and get them and be a better version of ourselves, right? Because yeah, the yeah. topic was about personal development. There's lots of stuff out there. We didn't talk about the Stoics, but check out also uh, daily stoics by uh, ryan holiday his stuff is so good oh I'm you 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 know yeah, him right big yeah big fan yeah, yeah every day in a mastermind he was sitting right in front of me get out and uh he's younger than me i'm well, i don't know he's, he's probably you're old now you should know I'm almost old, everyone's yeah. younger than and you. i remember thinking oh my gosh that's ryan holiday i want to ask him some questions about it. let the guy poor guy be uh, be alone but yeah. uh have you read the book uh the 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 obstacle is the way yeah yeah, yeah. i love all his stuff his actually, he has a simple book. concepts that he writes smaller books about that it makes makes but sense. That you know I mean? too, I, 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 my kids, my older kids, the adult ones, I said that you should read this. They've read yeah. it. So I haven't read his latest stillness, which I already I have, believe yeah. in. So I have, I have that by my bedside right now. So uh, that's yeah, usually, uh, Tom, I look uh, you know at what? your I, reading I list I and I come away, away with some books. There's nothing here. No I, books. What yeah, are you I reading? I don't know, Carlos, if you're listening to this. Uh, he took out of this uh, the old office I don't know several hundred books I want to say we, we reached <laughs> out to Rockstar members saying hey we got a bunch of books you know as we're moving we need to create room to your point about simplicity does uh, does anyone want them and, and he responded saying I'm taking them all and I, what was it? like I'll be there tomorrow like it was just like I'm smart kid I'm condensing I like my him. library a bit a bit so at home I have like the books that are my classics that I just I feel like I need to hug them every once in a while as ridiculous as that sounds and uh, I have a set just you know around personal development around sales and marketing and around, yep. around real estate that just are very important to me speaking of that have you read The War of Art Stephen Pressfield Yes, I love oh it. My oh my gosh. If you're, if you're that is a freaking must. It's a that must. is a it's must. A Thank read. you. Yes. Such I read all the freaking books you guys recommend. Um, yeah, yeah. 
thank you for that. I mean, so, especially the one on marketing, which yeah. is an area that I need to improve on. But I mean this, yeah. Cool. No, that's, oh yeah, Preston, yeah. Pierre Paul, always a pleasure. Likewise. Thank you for the gift of the alcohol. This, we, <laughs> this is just a temporary gift. Next trip, you'll have a housewarming gift for your beautiful no, we don't office. Need, remember, we don't need anything in the office. I know you don't, <laughs> but I wanted to. I know what I'm getting you. Thank you for this. Thank you. Hey everyone, so hopefully you enjoyed that episode with Pierre Paul. We enjoy sit da- sitting down and talking with him. Um, if you are listening to this and you want some real estate investing resources, you can check out the book Income for Life for Canadians at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash books. So that's Income for Life for Canadians. You get a free digital copy. We actually sell it on Amazon, but you can get a free digital copy at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash books. And with that, we'll wrap it up. Until next time, your life, your terms. <laughs>